You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined by Chris Flum, and we are here today to talk about Micah McFadden, the Giants' fifth-round selection out of the University of Indiana, a linebacker. And Chris, got to be honest with you, the Giants needed one position heading into this draft And let's be real, they needed a lot. But if they needed a possible starter with Blake Martinez coming off of an ACL injury and Tay Crowder being, well, Tay Crowder, it was linebacker. They needed depth there. They needed bodies there who can play competent football and execute many different roles within a diverse defense. And that's exactly what I believe the Giants received in Micah McFadden. Would you agree with that? And how are you doing today? Well, uh, that's the, I'll answer the second qu- question first. I, I'm doing well today, you know, uh, coming off of Memorial Day weekend. It was, you know, nice and quiet, kind of a ch- kind of a chill weekend. Not chilly, of course. It's freaking hot. We're going to talk today, like I said, about Micah McFadden. And I want to get your overall thoughts on this player. I find him to be an interesting piece, somebody who was – a heavy part of Indiana's pressure package in college was one of the most productive linebackers in terms of pressuring the quarterback and sacking the quarterback. So you get this guy in the fifth round and yeah, he might have some limitations and we'll go through all of that, but all in all, I I appreciated this pick on day three. What were your immediate thoughts after the giants selected him? Uh, My first thought was, uh, who is this guy? Because <laughs> I didn't watch Indiana's defense. Uh, there, uh, apologies to the uh, Indiana fans out there. There weren't a whole lot of reasons to watch them over some of the other uh, programs out there, which I think is kind of a lesson we can take forward into next year and beyond. It's that uh, Joe Shane, Brian Dayball, they're willing to look at programs that didn't have a whole lot of success in the previous season and look for those hidden gems or what we should at least hope are hidden gems because every team does have talent on it it's just a matter of finding those guys and I think McFadden is one of those guys I I'm with you I think he's a very interesting player and I think he's a player with potential yeah I'm not sure if he's a starter right away right out of the gate but I think he does have a lot of tools that can be developed by this defense. Same here. Now, what makes this interesting, in my opinion, is, is he a starter on this defense? I don't think he will get the first crack at it. I think Tate Crowder will receive that. But as we know, Tate Crowder has struggled a lot with his positioning, with where he's going to be. So overall, it's kind of his football intelligence. And I'm not trying to sit here and just crap all over Tate Crowder, but there are a lot of times when you go through the film last year, he wasn't where he needed to be. He overpursued. He was a little bit undisciplined. And then that led to a bigger run than what was actually supposed to happen. Everything else around was set up. He just didn't fit the run as well as typical starting linebackers do. And 
in his defense, he was put into a position where there was no Blake Martinez, so he had to kind of carry a lot more weight than he expected in the beginning of the season. But I can see a scenario, Chris, before we get into Michael McFadden's skill set, where Tay Crowder starts the first couple weeks, he struggles, he misses one or two fits, and it leads to, you know, 15-yard run here, 20-yard run here, and the Giants say, let's try out the rookie and see if Micah McFadden can play better and be a little bit more reliable. And we see more McFadden throughout early parts of the season. And then maybe by the end of the season, it's more of his full-time role. Although I will say this, I think Wick Martindale does a really good job using all of his defensive personnel. So I think we're going to see him regardless, but do you think that's out of the realm of possibility that McFadden can take a starting linebacker job from Tay Crowder before week five, say, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if maybe before week five, because I, I definitely agree. I think we're going to see McFadden on the field. I think Martindale is going to use all of his available defenders. I think McFadden will have a rotational uh, role early on in the season. Now, maybe by the Giants' bye week, he could take over. Unless, of course, there are those big breakdowns you talked about, which given this type of defense that wink martindale loves to play that super aggressive high pressure defense you know the downside of those defenses is if there is a miscommunication uh poor execution a failure to be at the right place at the right time you don't just have the offense making a gain they make a chunk play or they make a game-changing play you know Martindale loves to say pressure breaks pipes. Unfortunately, that's kind of that kind of works both ways. So it, it is possible that we could see Tay Crowder make a catastrophic mistake, and that opens the door for McFadden to get on the field. But yeah, I think the door will always be at, at the very least cracked by the rotation of the linebackers. Yeah, the rotation of the linebackers, a lot of these guys will be used. If Darian Beavers makes the roster, I'm sure he will have a role within the defense. I don't think they'll just be exclusive special teamers. And as we said, pressure, pressure, pressure. Don Wink Martindale loves to bring pressure. There wasn't many linebackers in college football last year who were able to pressure the quarterback like Micah McFadden. He had 32 pressures last year and eight sacks, according to pro football focus, although they don't count the half sacks. So it might've been a little bit less than that. According to pro football reference, he had 28 pressures though in 2020 and he had 31 pressures in 2019. So you're talking about somebody who had 96 pressures through four seasons, but really three seasons starting at Indiana, had 17 sacks. So he knows how to get after the quarterback, and he has a really, really quick start and stop ability. He fires out of a cannon with quick acceleration and short area quickness that I feel like can be leveraged in this defense, and that might be the most interesting part of his game, specifically when you when you think about the defense that he's going to be in. And I've said this in the past. He's kind of like a poor man's Leo Chanel. Now, I think Chanel might be a little bit better in the box, but McFadden might be a little bit more fluid dropping backwards. So poor man might be even a little bit of a, a slight on McFadden. I just don't think maybe he has the upside of maybe a Leo Chanel who was drafted in the third round by the Kansas City Chiefs. But I think he can fill a similar role. And the Giants got him two rounds later, and I think it was added a very a solid value, I would say. It wasn't a huge value, but a solid value, and I think he fits the system. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, talk about that blitz rate he had. You know, he was one of the most frequent blitzers in college football, at least at the uh, linebacker position, where 
he didn't play, you know, sometimes he was a linebacker, sometimes he was an edge. He was almost always a linebacker. And pretty much every passing play for Indiana's defense, he was going to be blitzing from one alignment or another. You know, I think that will be the role he plays for Wink Martindale's defense. You know, I talked about rotation, and I think he will be rotated onto the field in those obvious passing situations when Martindale is going to want to dial up the pressure. And when you have a guy who is as experienced a blitzer as McFadden is, yeah, you're that I think is when he's going to get on the field. I think that's when uh, Tay Crowder will be off the field. And if he makes an impact in those situations, that could open the door even more. Now I've got something else. Like I kind of want to talk about, but let's talk about uh, McFadden a little bit more first. Yeah. McFadden. So he is six foot one and one eighth. So it's about 45th percentile, according to mock draftable. He's 240 pounds, so that's about 53rd percentile. So that's about average right there for a linebacker. You don't find too many 240-pound linebackers, and that's also somebody. This guy's not six foot four. He's not like Quay Walker. He's only six one, so he's pretty dense. I feel like he has good thickness throughout his body. Solid overall athlete. There were some issues, I would say, that, that I had with his film in terms of how he took some angles outside. Cause if you look at his missed tackle rate, he had 16 missed tackles, which was a 16% missed tackle rate overall in college he had a 19.2% missed tackle rate. And that's not great. Granted, he had a lot of different opportunities to miss tackles, but not a lot of those missed tackles were in the box. You know, it was a lot outside where he thought he had the angle to the field side and he took a little bit of a shallow angle and he made contact with the guy, but he just couldn't bring him down. So that was one issue that I had with Micah McFadden's game at times. I don't know if you saw something similar. I kind of wanted to get your opinion on that, though. Yeah, I, I thought the the missed tackles were those were an issue. I, I'm not sure if he was just being too aggressive because he is a hair on fire player. He's a guy who runs with his motor wide open all the time. And you know, sometimes those guys can run themselves out of good position to really break down, be balanced, and make good tackles, particularly in space. And, you know, I thought his, uh, his workout numbers were kind of interesting because he wound up with, I believe it was a 9-4, maybe 9-4-4 RAS grade. He worked out as basically elite and in straight line speed, short shuttle and three cone. And he had good explosive numbers as well. It just basically what brought him down was his relative lack of size. You know, on the tape, I'm not sure if I saw an elite athlete. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, 
and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, I don't think he was an elite athlete, but just for context, he ran a 4-6-3-40 with a 2-6-2-20 and a 1-5-4 10-yard split. Now, that 1-5-4 10-yard split is really good for a 240-pound linebacker, and he had a sub-7-3 cone, which is better than a lot of receivers in this class. He ran a 6-8-8-3 cone at his pro day with a 4-1-5 short shuttle. Those are all excellent agility skills and speed skills, overall athletic ability skills. So from that standpoint, I think from a testing standpoint, it was very, very adept. He, he can test very well. On the field, I don't think he was a bad athlete, but I do feel like there were times where he could get out leveraged outside. And then one issue I had with him in the box wasn't necessarily to do with his athletic ability, but I felt like he got tunnel vision sometimes and he was too freaking patient. And he allowed those climbing offensive linemen too close to his chest to where he couldn't stack and shed them. Because there were times where he engaged that stack and shed and he anticipated it and he sank his hips and he played with the wide base and he made contact and he played peekaboo and he located the ball carrier and he shed violently with strong hands. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. And then there were other times where he allowed the guy to climb up on him while he was trying to see around him. And by the time the offensive lineman was in his chest, he couldn't stack and shed. And then he got out leveraged out of his gap. And I was like, oh man, you know, so there was a little bit of inconsistency there with his ability to stack and shed. But I th- believe he has the ability to do it what were your opinions on that part of his game yeah i as a run defender i think i liked him better scraping over the top yeah i i'm with you his uh you know coming immediately downhill like on the play side uh, having to stack and shed offensive linemen take them on directly that was inconsistent and really based on his size yeah at 240 pounds, 31 inch arms. Yeah, he's got a low center of gravity. He's a compact guy, but he's just going to struggle when offensive linemen are able to get their hands on him first. But if you get him in pursuit, you get him playing behind a defensive line where the lineman can take care of the offensive lineman and he can just use his athleticism and competitive toughness to get after runners. That, I think, is when he's really able to succeed. He had a great tackle for a loss against Penn State where he located the ball, he anticipated the flow of the play, it was an outside zone run, and he just scraped over the top, played piano right across the gaps, beat the offense around the edge, and made a tackle for a loss. You know, Those are the run plays where I think he's going to be at his best and that's kind of why I, th- I kind of see him as more of a will linebacker as opposed to a Mike linebacker. Yeah, dude. And you're right. He could be more of a will. And I think from the backside, he can make a lot of those plays that will linebackers typically make because he has that quick one, five, four, 10 yard split that we referenced earlier. He had a play against Michigan state where he just shot the a gap time the snap so freaking perfectly and tackled Kenneth Walker for a loss of one on a, I think it was a fourth and one too. So it was a huge play in the game for Indiana. McFadden has a couple plays like that throughout his tape. And when you want to talk about some of his strengths, I mean, I have a little list of strengths just from the film that I've watched. He's a smart player. 
He's a very smart player. And I know I mentioned the tunnel vision before. That was more specific to his ability to stack and shed when they were climbing offensive linemen. But you want to talk about somebody who reads his keys very well. It's very instinctive. Micah McFadden is very instinctive. I feel like he plays with really good burst when he is triggering forward. He has that quick trigger downhill, plays balanced, and I feel like with good leverage when he anticipates and plays the stack and shed well and when he's going into the tackle point. His pressure ability, obviously huge strength of his. I feel like he is a good tackler in the box when he executes those fundamentals that we referenced before. He's low, he hits low, wraps up, has really, really good play strength, pop on contact, stopping power to really just halt running backs with momentum. So those are all aspects of Mike McFadden's game that I appreciated after I watched his film. I felt like he was pretty patient when he was reading those blocks and he knew how to utilize timing and what angles to take to make the right tackle when it wasn't a wide outside run to the field. And like I said earlier, I felt like those angles were a little bit shallow and he never really, he didn't put himself into the best position. He thought he could, I think he thought he was maybe a little bit more athletic than he was against some of these big 10 running backs that could out leverage him when they had space to the outside. Yeah. And that is kind of an an issue with not just McFadden, where they almost trust their athleticism a little bit too much. And I wouldn't want to temper a guy like that where they've got that great motor, they've got that great aggressiveness to their game. Like, you don't want to take the edge off of those guys. I think it's really more about putting them in positions to be successful. And another part of his pressure package that I really liked too, Chris, I felt like he was really good in the twist game, you know, and that was as a penetrator and as a looper, because as a penetrator, he's like a guy shot out of a cannon. And I felt like he did a really good job occupying multiple linemen and then splitting offensive linemen while picking the guard to allow the looper to kind of go all the way around. And there were a couple sacks or, or really, really good pressures that he had as a penetrator because he just knocked the guard who had no idea he was coming way back, used excellent lower leg drive and pop on contact created separation was like oh now i'm in the pocket because nobody picked me up and then he ended up really making a positive play for the defense but then as a looper i felt like he did a really good job in those situations flattening to the or just with good bend just flattening while he was kind of looping around now usually was when he wasn't engaged in contact but he showed really really good body control to kind of reorient his hips, maintain momentum, and then turn into the pocket. I'm not saying he's going to be somebody like who's going to win high side as an edge rusher and then flatten through offensive tackle contact. But as a looper, I feel like he can really get low, keep those hips low, and then maintain the speed into the pocket to create pressure. Yeah, he's not going to be Von Miller out there. But we, we keep coming back to his role as a blitzer, how experienced he is, how many different techniques he can execute as a blitzer and that actually kind of leads me towards uh, training camp and a battle I want to see and that's between Micah McFadden and Carter Coughlin you know Mm. Coughlin is I think he's kind of being overlooked on the Giants defense but I think he could also in a way in a similar way to McFadden be a guy who really appeals to Wink Martindale who loves to take unheralded pass rushers and scheme them into ways where they can just be absolutely devastating to an offense. 
And we've talked about how good an athlete McFadden was, at least, you know, in the testing phase of the draft process. Well, Carter Coughlin was a pretty damn good athlete as well. He was 6'3", 236, ran a 4'5", 7'40", 1'6", 110-yard split, had a 36-inch vertical and a 10'6", broad jump. You know, that is a quick, explosive player. And he has a background as an edge rusher. He was a defensive end outside linebacker for Minnesota. But when we get to, when we got to the NFL, especially with Dave Gettleman as GM, I think the Giants kind of looked at him and said, oh, you are way too small to be an edge player. But we've seen a lot of edge players lately have a lot of success at that kind of, we'll just say roughly 240 pound weight. You know, we saw Hassan Reddick really almost take the NFL by storm over the last two years when he was finally allowed to be an edge rusher. You know, last year we saw Micah Parsons again, just take the NFL by storm. And he was only a part-time edge rusher. So I could see either one of these guys, or maybe even both of these guys, Coughlin and McFadden being used by Wink Martindale, assuming both make the final roster and one doesn't bump the other off as kind of an undersized speed rusher where they can play either in either role in one of those uh, stunt or twist games as a looper, as a penetrator, they could fire off the edge as a will linebacker or potentially drop into coverage because they both have off ball experience now or potentially line up as just an undersized edge rusher where you get a guy with a one six or a one five, four, 10 yard split going up against a 320 offensive tackle who just can't deal with that speed. Let's not forget that Carter Coughlin. Yes, he was an edge coming out. He played a lot of quasi edge type of responsibilities in year one. But last year, the talk of training camp was how he was going to transition to become a linebacker. And he was doing that and executing that through training camp and through preseason a little bit. And then he got injured early last season. So we never really got to see that and see how he progressed and, how he developed in that area. Maybe if he really can prove himself here, I would say he has the uphill battle. Um, Yes, he's a veteran, but he wasn't selected by this staff. But if he proves himself, yeah, he could find the field. And I think that's an interesting name to bring up. I hope he kind of cracks the final 53-man roster. I think his skills could be leveraged by Wink Martindale. It's just how can he play the run as a linebacker might be a big question mark. But you know he's going to bring special teams value, and you know you can use him on passing downs in a variety of different ways, as you alluded to. One other aspect of McFadden's pass game ability is his coverage. I feel like he showed really good spatial awareness in coverage to take away those quick middle hook zones and quick game concepts. I feel like he was smart and showed the excellent football intelligence that we've kind of raved about him throughout this podcast. There was one play where he wasn't really, he wasn't asked to drop deep too much, but there was this Tampa two zone type of play where he carried Jackson Smith and Jigba of Ohio state up the seam and he gained really good depth, but the throw was so good by CJ Stroud that McFadden like awkwardly tried to jump like 30 yards downfield and just missed the the ball. But if he could have made a play on that football, that would have been one of those highlight, like, wow, man, he carried Jackson Smith and Jigba up the seam and, and was able to get a PBU 30 yards downfield. Did you have a chance to check that play out? And what are your overall thoughts on McFadden dropping in the coverage? Yeah, I, I didn't see that play. I, I don't think I was able to find 
uh, tape of that Ohio State game. But it also doesn't surprise me that CJ CJ Stroud just out through the coverage because he is he is a very very good quarterback prospect. He's a he's a really good quarterback. Uh, I thought from what I saw of McFadden, I I thought he looked comfortable in those shallow zones in that hook area of the field. Like he moves relatively well. He doesn't have the most fluid hips, but I wouldn't say he's exactly stiff either. Yeah. He isn't going to be a rangy sideline to sideline Brian Erlacher type linebacker, but I also don't think he needs to be. Yeah. I think he just needs to be a good enough coverage player where you can sow doubt in the offense's offense's mind as to whether or not he is going to drop into coverage or rush. And if, as long as he can drop into coverage and be relatively effective, I, I would say that is good enough. That's what we're looking forward to. And I think that he has that capability. I don't think he's going to be a dynamic linebacker at six foot one, 240 pounds, carrying tight ends up the seam consistently. But can he provide something similar that Blake Martinez can provide? And if he can do that, then I feel like he has a role here in this defense. But man, coverage is a big thing. And that's something we didn't see all that much of in college. So I'm interested to see how he can play man coverage at this next level because it's something that he may be asked to do quite often in Wink Martindale's scheme. But Chris, I wanted to ask you, what are your overall projections for Micah McFadden in year one within Wink Martindale's system? Well, I'll say barring a complete breakdown from Tay Crowder or an injury at the top of the depth chart, I think he's going to be a rotational player. I think we will see him maybe a couple plays a game at, you know, for the first quarter of the season or so, or at least what would have been the first quarter before they went to the 17 game season, which uh, I, I, I'm still not thrilled with that. <laughs> yeah. 16 was a good number. It, <laughs> it was up nice and easy. <laughs> everything's so screwed up now. Eight, and yeah. nine, nine and eight. What are we doing here? I mean, eight and eight was just perfect, bro. Just, Boom, right there. But now it's yeah. all messed up. It, yeah. But it, we had landmarks throughout the season where we could just time things and say, okay, we got the first quarter of the season done. Now, th- And then, okay, last four games. We're in the home stretch. But yeah, the NFL just had to go messing with it. But anyway, for what would have been the first quarter of the season, say the first four games, you know, I think he's going to be a rotational player. He'll get on the field, maybe not on the field a ton, because the defense is going to have to find its footing. We only have three preseason games now, so there, there's going to be some fluidity, some moving parts. Well, they find out exactly what works and what doesn't work in real live game situations when the other team is game planning against them. But then as the season goes on, I think I, I think we will see more of McFadden as he gets more comfortable, as he gets more comfortable in the defense, dealing with the speed of the NFL game and dealing with the size, the speed, the athleticism, the just everything that comes with adapting to playing against NFL offenses. And I think he could be again, just rough guesstimate, a, fairly significant contributor by the end of his rookie season. But again, as a rotational pass rusher, I I don't know that he's going to force Tay Crowder off the field 
unless Tay Crowder really messes up. And I, I don't want to predict that. Yeah, I don't want to predict that either, but I do think it's within the realm of possibilities. I wouldn't be shocked if we see more Micah McFadden than we expected by about midseason, specifically if Tay Crowder doesn't take a step forward. The fact that he has to learn an entirely different system, that could work for him, that could work against him. I guess that remains to be seen. But regardless, say that doesn't happen and Tay Crowder plays relatively well, I still think we'll see Micah McFadden, as you said, throughout passing situations and then maybe a little bit here and there in sub packages and maybe even on early downs just to see how he's doing. I believe in the kid. Everything I've heard about him is just coaches rave about his work ethic and his leadership. So we'll see what happens with Micah McFadden. I'm excited to watch it. So Chris, anything else on Mr. Micah McFadden? Yeah, you know, just lo- looking ahead to this year and even just as his rookie contract as a whole, he's a fifth round pick. You know, we've talked a lot about him. I, it is entirely possible, like you said, that the Giants could have gotten a steal here, that there was a really good player on a really not good team. And he was just a hidden gem who is going to be a steal. But again, he's a fifth round pick. So if the Giants get a special teams player, a core special teams player who is a good backup, who has utility in say only obvious passing situations like he's a good blitzer but he's he isn't really able to hang in coverage or he just can't get used to facing nfl linemen week in week out and he's only a sub package player for a fifth round pick that's fine that is honestly a win that's a hit so we're getting to the part in our draft class breakdown where people need to adjust their expectations accordingly (laughs) yeah not everybody is going to come in and be an all pro but if there's one player that i feel like can maybe do that here after the fourth round picks because i think dane belton and daniel bellinger will have roles within this defense i think it's probably micah mcfadden but Remains to be seen. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please head on over to BigBlueView.com for all your up-to-date New York Giants news, film breakdowns. Ed's boots are on the deck over there in New Jersey checking out the New York Giants. So please do all that and also subscribe and comment on this podcast. You know, Rip us apart if you want to, but please just leave a five-star review. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful day. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.